You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Hey there, welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone Philadelphia. Uh, We're so glad you're here with us here at Rocket Sports Media and the AHL Report. We're a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are glad you are here today to talk about all things Philadelphia Flyers and the Lehigh Valley Phantoms and Flyers prospects. I am your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my fabulous co-host, the founder of Rocket Sports Media, Mr. Rick Stevens. Welcome to April. Glad you're here. <laughs> glad to be here. Mm-hmm. It's been a, it's been quite a week. Phillies are four and Looking good at Citizens Bank Park. Nice. In the middle of a series with the Mets now. Hoping it continues. Tigers almost, they came so close. Oh, so close. They had a big comeback yesterday. Did they now? Against the Twins, yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't, a, I, the, the Phillies had a comeback yesterday against the Mets. I, I wasn't. Um, they scored five runs, but uh, given that they're down 15 to one. Uh, <laughs> Not quite was, a comeback. It was, yeah, it's tough to come back. Uh, maybe next, maybe next time. Yeah, yeah. Maybe next time. I did see that, that one really nice changeup. <laughs> there was a really nice Tigers Pitchers change. Uh, that was change a ninety-eight. Up. That was a ninety-eight mile an hour fastball. I'll correct you there, um, but it just. But it was aiming be. at the second deck. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's um, it's good job, good job. <laughs> well, it's quite a sports week. Uh, it's my favorite sports week of the year. Oh. It's uh, spring does not begin until I start seeing. Um, landscape shots from augusta national uh it is masters week uh it is my favorite uh it's i get giddy i know i i sound like (laughs) such a weirdo i get giddy uh about this golf tournament it's just a beautiful setting it's tremendous golf it is it is drama every single year um very sad, of course, that Tiger won't be there as he's still recovering. But Jordan Spieth just came off a tremendous win this past weekend. Uh, only four golfers have ever won their their PGA tournament the year the week before the Masters and then gone on to win the Masters. So we'll see if Jordan Spieth is uh, is in the hunt this weekend. Um, but 
You know, it's everyone's favorite tournament of the year. The golfers are in Augusta, Georgia to compete for the coveted jacket. And uh, DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you in the center of the action by giving you a shot to land in the green. This week, DraftKings is giving you a free shot at the $1 million top prize when you download and sign up using promo code THPN. If you haven't tried DraftKings, this is is the time. Land in the green. I, I, I see what you did there. I see what I did there. You know what? This thing, it's it's easy to play. All you have to do is pick six golfers, stay under the salary cap, and submit your lineup before the tournament tees off early Thursday morning. Then, just sit back and follow the action. The more red numbers they have on the leaderboard, the closer you'll be to winning some green. Rack up points for pars, birdies, finishing position, and more. And, you know, even though you may not be able to hit the course with the pros, DraftKings is giving you the chance to scratch your competitive itch and reign supreme. So download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at the $1 million top prize. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at the $1 million top prize only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings dot com for details and i can tell you i already have i think three draft lineup entries at DraftKings for the masters already already locked and loaded so and over the next couple of days <laughs> maybe i'll add some more I, you know i don't know huh see. well good luck we'll see thanks we'll see uh we have a stack- share the million of course <laughs> yeah well uh, I, I will give you um, at least two weeks' notice if I'm moving to thanks, Fiji. Thanks, thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we have a great show for you today. We're going to start off in our first segment with a look at the Philadelphia Flyers. And hey, they won. They won. How long has it been since we've said that? They a won. I know. So uh, we got to be happy about it. Uh, so we're going to talk just a little bit about uh, how the last week has gone. Carter Hart made his big return to the game on Saturday night. Ooh. How did that go? Um, and uh, Shane Gostisbehere has had quite a week. Uh, we'll talk a bit about his roller coaster of the last seven days. Uh, in addition, uh, one of the Flyers' prospects is heading to the Frozen Four tournament this weekend for the NCAA, and so we'll talk about that. Then in the second segment, um, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms have have consistently been doing uh, exactly the opposite of the fly actually wow you know they've been winning and winning and winning the flyers finally win last night and the phantoms lost they really are doing the exact opposite i don't it's weird so we're going to talk about the successes that the phantoms have had particularly one tyson forster you know we've seen tanner lazinski gets get called up he had been doing so well with the phantoms he's already uh, gotten his call up he's he's getting a look uh on on the fourth line for the flyers tyson forster uh he's he's been impressing of late as well so we'll hear uh, a bit of audio from him from uh when i spoke to him uh last week um, in in one of his, he he actually had media availability two games in a row because he's been doing so well. So I was I was on the call for the first of those two, and and so spoke with him last week. We'll hear from him. In addition, uh, Cam York uh, is going to be making an appearance soon, and Scott Gordon hit a pretty 
fun milestone uh, uh, last week as well that we want to acknowledge. And then in the third segment, we go around the AHL. We'll introduce you to this week's CCM AHL Player of the Week in addition to the league's March award winners, which have been announced. Uh, And we have a very touching, very special feel-good finale that you don't want to miss. So we've got a lot to talk about today. Well, let's get underway. Let's get underway. So the Philadelphia Flyers, yes, that's right. They won in overtime last night playing on the road in Boston um, and won Travis Sanheim, the OT winner. Uh, have not seen that bench be that excited in in quite some time. Uh, good on young Sanheim. Uh, it's not been easy for anyone on that roster. Sandheim's had his ups and downs, of course, as well. So so to come out with that clutch OT winner, uh, it's something to build on. They will be facing, it, it was the first of a home-and-home, home, so they'll be home at the Wells Fargo Center tonight to take on the Bruins again. Um, we'll see if they can replicate that. But, Rick, the big, uh, the big story over the weekend, of course, was Carter Hart finally after his week off. Uh, came back into the lineup on Saturday night, and I gotta say, Carter Hart looked like Carter Hart. Uh, he was solid. He gave his, ch- as Vigneault said after the game, you want your goaltender to go out every night and give your team a chance to win, and that's exactly what Carter Hart did. Uh, he was tracking the puck well. He looked confident. Uh, he was making big saves and clutch saves when it needed to happen. He said um, that he was, he felt that he was tracking the puck well and that he was he was just seeing it right into his glove uh, all the time. Um, and so, Elliot did start last night. I imagine we may see Carter tonight since it's a back to back. So fingers are crossed that it wasn't just a one and done, and that he can. Not only can the team build on last night's win, but that Carter can build on that positive and confidence-boosting performance that he had on Saturday night, even though they didn't come out with the win. Well, and the team needs Carter Hart. Uh, particularly, this is a pivotal week for the Flyers, mm-hmm. um, facing the Bruins three times, and uh, and and the Islanders uh, yeah. always tough uh, on the road. Uh, so um, it, it's it, it's both a, a challenging week, but it's also an opportunity because Flyers are chasing the Bruins. Uh, the Bruins with two games in hand, up three points. Uh, but the it, the Flyers have to win. They won one, um, and uh, if they can if they can close out the two games uh, at home against the Bruins, they'll put themselves in a much better position uh, playoff wise to 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 uh, move into that uh, last playoff spot, the fourth spot. And they need to do it in regulation. They really needed to win in regulation last night as well. Getting allowing Boston to get a point last night didn't help them as much as if they had just won it in regulation. But every point that they can inch closer to the Bruins will help them tonight. They need to do it in in sixty minutes. Um, as we said um, in in the in the setup for the show, Tanner Lazinski is is now up. Uh, he got his recall and made his his. NHL debut. Um, he's he's doing okay. He's fitting in. Um, it's funny if you ha- if you missed last week's show, we had a very extensive, uh, fascinating conversation with our friend Bill Meltzer, uh, the contributing writer for uh, the Flyers NHL.com re- website. Um, and if you missed that, I highly recommend you go back uh, and just check out last week's episode because it was a really 
deep dive on not only things that were going on with the Flyers, but um, Bill gets us really caught up on a lot of the Flyers prospects, both in the Phantoms organization and in the NCAA. So it's a it's a great interview that you'll want to uh, not miss. Um, in that interview, he predicted that Tanner Lasinski would be the first call up. And sure enough, I think two days later, that's exactly what ended up happening. So um, we're going to talk in the second segment about uh, another young prospect who's who's really uh, been impressive lately as well. But Lasinski's doing well. There are some, you know, really good uh, narratives and storylines that are starting to come out of the Philadelphia Flyers locker room. Uh, one that was a bit shaky last week, though, Rick, was Shane Gostaspair. Out of nowhere, suddenly, ghost on waivers. And I thought that Philadelphia might, like, open up and swallow itself into the ground. Um, it, it was, you know, Vigneault, Fletcher, they all said they were confident he wasn't going to get claimed. He's got quite a hefty contract uh, that a team would have to pick up. But there was the chance that they could lose him to waivers. And wow, that was a big statement to make. Well, there was a lot of fan bases around the NHL that were lobbying their teams uh, <laughs> to... Uh, to make that move and and pick uh, him up off of waivers, um, but you had to think that Fletcher was was ninety um, percent confident that uh, that he would pass through and and uh, and be un, untouched and and you know those are the conversations that uh, only he is privy to. He knows, uh, you know, it's it's no secret that uh, Gossespierre was was shopped. Um, and there wasn't uh, there wasn't any takers, and and so he knows the kinds of things that were said during those conversations, uh, which allowed him to be uh, to take this step, put him on waivers, knowing that uh, it was most likely that uh, he'd clear, and that uh, then that would provide a whole lot more flexibility, lineup flexibility, for the Flyers. And it does provide them, you know, he was then assigned to the taxi squad. It allows them to bank some cap when he's on the taxi squad. Uh, they did want to bring up uh, Lasinski and, uh, you know, have some, have some, as you say, flexibility in the roster to move players around and bring people in and out of the lineup. So um, Goss's Bear finally drew back in. Um, and, you know, he's just kind of going about his business and, and just going to work every day and doing what he's what he's there to do. Um, it's, it's gotta be a weird, it's gotta be a weird feeling. There were, there were Flyers players who admitted that they were anxiously awaiting noon to come to find out if he had been claimed or not, because they were, you know, that he's such a good friend to a lot of guys on the team that they were afraid that they were going to lose him. Um, you know, those kinds of things are the, are the, are the little, behind the scenes ripple effects that also really affect uh, a locker room as well. So it seems that everyone took a collective sigh of relief and okay, now we can just get back to business. Um, still a week left till the trade deadline. <laughs> we'll see. We'll what, see. We'll see. Uh, you know, Chuck Fletcher says he's going to be quiet. Mark Bergevin said that too for Montreal and we all saw how that happened. So how that turned out. So we'll see if anything big happens over the next week. Um, speaking of Goss Bear showing up and just doing his job every day, I forgot to mention the one thing that Carter Hart said on Saturday night after after his his good performance and his his demeanor was much better. He said, I've just been coming to the rink every day 
with my hard hat on and my lunch pail and getting to work. And <laughs> it's just such a, it's such a Carter Hart thing to say. I just, I have to chuckle about it. Um, before we wrap up this segment, uh, we want to quick uh, transfer over to the NCAA. Um, and there is one Flyers prospect still in the tournament, and that is Noah Cates. He and the UMD Bulldogs will be taking on the UMass Minutemen uh, in the first semi in the second semifinal game for the tournament at PPG Paints Arena in Pittsburgh. Um, that game is going to happen on Thursday night at nine o'clock. Uh, if you follow us over at the Flyers Report, uh, I will have I believe the Flyers are playing that night, uh, so you can concentrate on the Flyers game. I'm going to be tuned into the UMD Bulldogs game, and I'll be providing some Noah Cates updates uh, at the Flyers report on Twitter. Uh, Rick, the news uh, that came out today, interestingly enough, remember, for the, for the regionals in Fargo, Minnesota Duluth didn't get to play their first game. They were automatically advanced to the final in the regionals because their opponent, the Michigan Wolverines, had to pull out at the last minute because of COVID protocols. Well, now it's like the the COVID thing is haunting their opponent again, right? <laughs> it is. Um, the UMass Minutemen came out uh, today with an announcement that four of their players who were expected to be in the lineup uh, due to contact tracing protocols will be out of the lineup on Thursday night. So are we all like kind of holding our breath here? For sure. Um, happened with Boston College too. They they advanced over Notre Dame as Notre Dame uh, had to withdraw from the tournament in the the regionals. Um, so this is this could have uh, ripple effects for now, uh, f- affecting only four players and uh, and not the team in general. And hopefully it will be isolated so that uh, the team can can move on and can uh, uh, participate in the tournament. So Noah Cates and the UMD Bulldogs will take on the UMass Minutemen Thursday night at 9 o'clock in the semifinal. Uh, The other semifinal is St. Cloud State University against Minnesota State. That takes place at 5 o'clock Eastern time on Thursday. And then the winner of both of those games advances to the NCAA Frozen Four Championship game, which takes place Saturday night at 7 o'clock. So uh, be sure to follow along with our coverage at the Flyers Report, and we'll keep you posted on how Mr. Noah Cates is doing uh, for the Philadelphia Flyers. And in between time, we'll let you know who won the Hobie Baker, because that will be revealed on... Friday night um, mm-hmm. with uh, Cole Caulfield from Wisconsin Badgers, Shane Pinto from North Dakota, and Dryden McKay, who's participating, uh, Minnesota State Mavericks, in the tournament. Uh, the goaltender, Dryden McKay, uh, they're up. Uh, the, they are the finalists for the uh, Hobie Baker Award, announced on Friday, April 9th. All right. We'll keep you posted. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to take a look at the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, see what's been going right for them lately, uh, and as well talk about a special milestone that Scott Gordon uh, achieved this past week. And uh, we'll hear from him and Tyson Forster. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. 
Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at AllHabs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit AHLReport.com and click the Join Our Team tab at the top of the page today. And welcome back to the Press Zone Philly right here on Rocket Sports Media and the AHL Report. Once again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And as I mentioned in the last segment, be sure you're following us at the Flyers Report. You'll also want to follow us at the AHL Report. Uh, That's where you'll find our recaps of Phantoms games, uh, as well as general AHL news, all sorts of things. You want to be sure you're following us. You don't want to miss a thing. And... uh, at, at the Flyers Report uh, Twitter account, you'll get live game updates from Flyers games and Phantoms games, all sorts for you to follow there. Um, for those Lehigh Valley Phantoms, my goodness, as I said in the last segment, uh, wh- at where the Flyers have been struggling, the Phantoms have not. Uh, they've been performing exceptionally well. Uh, Tanner Lasinski earning his call-up, um, getting a look, and, uh, you know, the young... <laughs> The youth is really doing some things uh, for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Wade Allison is another one. He's been uh, recently promoted to the top line uh, as of uh, over the weekend. Uh, he was playing on the top line where Zade Wisdom used to be playing with Ryan Fitzgerald and Cal O'Reilly in that right wing position. Um, Allison bumped up from second line right wing to first and and swapped places with Zade Wisdom, uh, who came down to play with, with Isaac Ratcliffe. Uh, on the second line. Um, so Wade Allison has, has been tremendous now that he's, now that he's playing, uh, he's got a nose for the net. Uh, he's, he's not afraid to shoot the puck. Um, he's doing a tremendous job. In fact, uh, in last night's game in Binghamton, I mean, he almost scored. I can't count how many times. Um, and and it, the puck just would not go. Jill uh, Sen was very good in net for Binghamton last night, which had a big part to do with that. Um, so as I say, Wade Allison, he's doing great. Um, Max Wilman, an older player, uh, not not a Flyers prospect, but has earned himself uh, a new contract. Um, also continuing to do really well. Uh, he had some really strong play, particularly through the neutral zone and and puck carrying last night. Um, Tyson Farster, 
We've talked about Tyson Forrester quite a bit in the last couple of weeks. We talked about Tyson Forrester with Bill Meltzer last week. And Tyson Forrester just continues to impress. Uh, last uh, Midweek last week, he had a four-point night with two goals and two assists. Um, just absolutely tremendous work uh, by the youngster in a in a four one win, um, and then the very next game over the weekend uh, he was back at it again another another multi point game another two goal game for him that was that was six points over the course of two games. Um, just really, really uh, impressive. So I spoke to Tyson Forster in one of his. Um, post-game availabilities. It was in uh, the, the first of the two uh, availabilities he did last week after his four-point game, um, and talked to him uh, you know, about how not only is he getting this great opportunity because he can't be playing in the OHL right now to play pro, and he's learning a lot and so forth, but wanted to take it one step further and ask him how it's really helping players like him with the, the, the environment that the Phantoms are creating right now. What you guys have built, what that's really doing for you personally and and in the room, just the general feeling. Oh, it's it's a great feeling. I mean, it's always going to be a great feeling if you're winning every team. Um, we haven't lost very many games, and I think just everyone's always in a positive mood, even in practice. Um, I mean, that's what really happens when you're winning. And if we keep this up, it'll be a lot more fun going down the road. I think it's safe to say they're having a good time winning all these games in Lehigh Valley. I think so. <laughs> um, you know, Tyson Forrester has not been shy to say in the past that, um, you know, he if if he had the choice, if the OHL started again, he'd rather stay uh, with the Phantoms. Obviously, it, you know, it's it's nothing against the OHL, but it's pretty fun to be playing professional hockey, playing it well, learning a lot, and uh, you're winning practically every night. So, um It'll be interesting to see how he continues to progress. Uh, I think there's a bright future ahead for Tyson Forrester, for sure. Um, another bright young face. Uh, we don't know yet when Cam York will make his pro debut, uh, but he is uh, reporting to the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Now that he has signed his ELC, he should be practicing uh, with the Phantoms probably this week. So perhaps we'll see him make a debut this weekend. Uh, of course, as, as always, be sure you're following at the Flyers Report on Twitter, and, and we'll keep you apprised of that, and of course keep you apprised of any um, game action that he gets into, and uh, hopefully we'll get to speak with him soon as well. The big news for Scott Gordon last week, not only is his team winning and winning and winning, um, he also crossed a very uh, special milestone as a coach. He earned his 400th AHL win uh, last week. It's a it's a pretty big achievement. He he jokingly said to our, our friend and colleague Pat, Patrick Williams, who uh, I believe we should be probably be having on the show again soon. It's time for an update uh, from from Patrick about the goings on of the AHL. Um, but Patrick happened to be on the call that night as well, um, and and was asking Scott to to go in depth about you know what what the win meant to him that that number that 400 win scott jokingly replied to him well first it means two things he said it means i'm old and it means there were a lot of losses as well and i'm glad they don't print those <laughs> uh, as as scott is very very want to do uh, he's he's got a very jovial attitude with the media but uh, patrick really pressed him and went on to talk about um 
his coaching career in the AHL and and it was a it was a pretty lengthy interview I I, I highly recommend you go back um, it'll be in um, our our post game recap to listen to the full audio but the clip that I we pulled out for you is uh, Patrick asking Scott um, when did you know that as a player you were going to make the transition from being a player and that coaching was what you wanted to do. And this is just a portion of, of how Scott answered, but it was, it's pretty interesting. What was your first inkling as a player that you thought, maybe I want to become a coach. Uh, maybe this is something for me. Uh, I was with the Olympic team and um, uh, we, we were playing over and uh, right before the Olympics and the coaches came in and gave it to the uh, one of the players uh, pretty bad, pretty hard. And um, I had uh, – Keith Kachuk was actually the player. Uh, he came up to me, and he was only 19 years old at the time. And uh, he said to me, uh, hey, go talk to him. He's, he's really rattled. Uh, and, you know, like I sit there and I'm like, you know, I, I, I really – I was in a situation where he's, he had seen me all year do that. And I really wasn't paying attention to that particular situation. Um, but that was a, a that was a, a, it was something that uh, after it was said and done, and I went over and talked to the, to the player, um, I kind of sat back and I thought about that. And it, and it, you know, people, you don't know when people are watching or, or paying attention. And, and here's a 19 year old kid out of college, uh, first freshman in college and left school early to play on the Olympic team. And uh, he's taking notice of contributions that I'm making that have nothing to do with stopping the puck. And so, you know, at that point, um, you know, like there's a, there's an element of leadership that you, you either do it or you don't do it. And sometimes you don't even realize you're doing it. And uh, you know, my experience and uh, being an older player on the team, uh, was just something that had kind of uh, developed as the years went on. And I, he goes on and, and has a pretty, Lengthy response here. Again, I, I encourage you to listen to the entire interview. Patrick got some really great answers out of Scott. But I found this fascinating that he's on the Olympic team. He's one of the older players. Coach comes in and rips into a young player. Keith Kachuk, who's only 19 at the time, as Scott says, unbeknownst to him, has noticed that Scott has these leadership qualities that he's been displaying uh, throughout the season and so forth, and comes to Scott and says, can you, can you go talk to this kid? Like, he's... He's devastated over there, um, and that it was it was that it was a moment like that 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 made Scott. I liked how he says, you know, he's he's been noticing things I've been doing that have nothing to do with stopping the puck. Scott Gordon was goaltender, um, and and that it took that moment for him to sit back and say, "Wow, there's guys are noticing things that I do leadership wise that I don't even know that I realized I was doing." Um, I think that's a really interesting way to start thinking about maybe I want to do this, maybe someday a leadership role in hockey after I'm done playing might be something for me. It, it's always talked about, um, you know, older players or, or uh, veteran players that provide leadership, but that in on any uh, championship team, the number one leader has to be the coach. They are the leader of of that group. And uh, Scott Gordon uh, shows us leadership qualities. I love the opportunities to get to talk to him. Um, he has, uh, you know, in his playing career, he, as a goaltender, he had a, 
uh, a perspective of the ice surface that he could understand how plays develop, how to defend, how to attack. Um, but his uh, rare ability uh, is how to to break those down and communicate them, mm-hmm. especially to young players. And um, he does really well doing that with the media. He can he can break down and and be very anal- analytical in in explaining it to the uh, to media. So we know he has that same ability in explaining it to uh, to his players. And it's it's uh, the reason that uh, that I enjoy every opportunity to, we get to talk to him. Absolutely. He goes on and tells a story about how, you know, then once he was playing in the AHL, you know, most of the games were just, uh, you know, an hour and a half drive or so. You're back home in your own bed every night. And um, they were taking a bus trip up to Halifax and he had miscalculated in his head how long that bus trip was going to be. And after about I don't know, like an hour and a half or two hours into it, and they weren't there yet. He recalculated, he said, and realized it was going to be like another three hours until they got there. And he said, he said, I sat on the bus and I looked at I looked at the coach and I thought, what makes this guy want to ride buses for four hours up and back to play an AHL game? Like, what kind of money is this guy making to to want to do this. And, and he goes on to talk about, you know, you just start to really develop a love for the professional game of hockey and, and that, you know, you you take all of those lumps uh, as a grain of salt to go with it. So it's it's a fascinating interview. Uh, I, I highly recommend you listen to it. Uh, great job by Patrick in, in getting some really great responses out of Scott Gordon. And congratulations to him on his 400th AHL win. On that note, we are going to take one more quick break. When we come back, we're going to go around the AHL and introduce you to this week's CCM AHL Player of the Week, but also the league's award winners from last month. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, 
and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Uh, I am your host once again, Amy Johnson, joined by Rick Stevens. And also don't forget to follow this podcast's Twitter account. You, that's right. You can find us at the Press Zone on uh, Twitter. And uh, we'd love to have you following along there. Of course, uh, you'll always know when a new episode has come out. Uh, in addition, sometimes you get some uh, audio clips and so forth from interviews that uh, that you want to keep track of and and also news from our our other uh, publications from allhabs.net from uh, the flyers report from the ahl report all of them uh right there at the press zone so be sure you're following along in this episode, uh, in this segment, we go around the AHL. And of course, first off, we want to introduce you to this week's CCM AHL Player of the Week. Uh, it's a goaltender this week. Uh, Iowa Wild's Hunter Jones has been selected as the Player of the Week, backstopping Iowa to three consecutive wins on the road in Texas last week uh, with the best games he's ever put up in his young career. He stopped 93 of 96 shots, Went 3-0-0 with a 1.01 goals against and a 9.69 save percentage, uh, making three starts over the course of four days. Didn't I say a, a, an episode or, or so ago that uh, the player of the week should always be a goaltender? I think you did say that, actually. <laughs> well, someone was listening. Thank you, Hunter Jones. Thank you for uh, proving me right here. And uh, what a gr- what a great week for him. Absolutely, um, and and uh, his his goals against uh, average for the season, just in those games uh, that he played so superbly, um, his goals against dropped by more than a full goal uh, per game. So, um, and, and his save percentage went up by thirty six points. So, uh, what a great week for for him and uh, and for his team, obviously. Now, the AHL has also announced their award winners for the month of March. Normally, there's three. There's a player of the month, a rookie of the month, and a goaltender of the month. This month, there's four. All right. Because there are two players of the month. They are co-winners. Both of them are from the Bakersfield Condors. It's Tyler Benson and Cooper Morody. Each of them tallied 19 points in 14 games for Bakersfield last month and are now two of the top scorers in the AHL for this year. Um, Benson has gotten on the score sheet 12 of his 14 games in March. He had five multiple point games uh, and finished with six goals, 13 assists and a plus 10 during the month of March. And Marodi had points in each of his first 11 games in March, had a 14-game scoring streak and took over the league's scoring lead, had hat tricks on March 6th and on March 13th, and had a four-point night uh, on March 7th. So 
He's doing all right, I think. So two co-winners. Your rookie of the month is Riley Damiani from the uh, Texas Stars. And your goaltender of the month is one Logan Thompson from the Henderson Silver Knights. Um, True. It's a big month. Uh, Damiani, the the rookie, um, helped the Stars to a sweep of their three-game visit to Tucson in the beginning of the month. He had an assist uh, in a couple of those games before getting the game-winning goal and another assist in in the third game of that series. Also had his first pro hat trick, um, so that was that was pretty good um, for him. And then uh, Thompson is the goaltender of the month for the second consecutive month. Uh, he he was the goaltender of the month back in February, and uh, for the Henderson Silver Knights in the month of March, went 6-1-0 and in seven starts, just allowing 13 goals on 261 shots. Fabulous. So there's your goaltender. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so really tremendous. You know, it's the, the thing I like about that, too, is they're all um, – Western Conference players. And one of the things that I like about them highlighting these these players of the week and players of the, well, including the Iowa Wilds uh, player of the week as well, um, it's, it's not often that fans or even journalists get to watch a lot of um, games in the Western Conference. Uh, as journalists, we do when we can, and, and we certainly stay on top of, of stats and whatnot. But it's a great way to introduce people to some of those lesser-known names that you don't hear as often on this side of the country. Um, and uh, because you never know, like a guy like Corey Schooneman, who did really well with Stockton last year, we had someone on Twitter this week say, Corey Schooneman, why have I never heard of this guy? He came out of nowhere. Well, because it's not that he came out of nowhere. It's just that he was playing on the West Coast. So this way, you know, next year, who knows? You might hear one of those names, Riley Damiani, Logan Thompson, Cooper Morody. You might be hearing them much more often if, if they end up on an Eastern Conference team. So I could tell my Cooper Morody story again. Could you? If, if you want. Is it quick? No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not at all. That was a few episodes ago. That was a few episodes ago. Do you want to tell it? No. Okay. Go back and listen. A couple of episodes. There was a very special Cooper Marotti story from Rick Stevens. <laughs> so those are the award winners for the month of March. And of course, before we before we say goodbye, we want to leave you with a uh, feel-good finale. Um Actually, before we do that, Rick, um, we want to remind people, thank you for being here again this week. We want to remind you to subscribe to the show. Um, Make sure you have notifications available so that you always know when we have a new episode. Uh, What's the best way for for people to spread the word and share the podcast and subscribe and all those fun things? Well, you can check out thepresszone.fm. No, I haven't said that before, have Ooh, I? The presszone.fm. We have a, a new site that uh, that we we're showing off, and and that way, uh, it's just for our our podcast, and you can find all of our episodes there. Uh, but don't forget about ahlreport.com. Ahlreport.com. Um, that on that site you'll get not only the podcast but also uh, game reviews and and uh, notepads and and all kinds of of uh, content there. Um, you can also reach out to us. You can reach out to us by text. Five eight five three Rocket is the Rocket Sports text line uh, to leave a comment. 
And uh, as far as the press zone, uh, the first and foremost thing you should do is whatever you, wherever you're listening to us on your favorite podcast app, be sure that you are, are subscribed. Subscribe and then all the episodes will find you instead of you having to find the episode. Absolutely. Uh, so we want to leave you today with a touching feel-good finale. Today is the three-year anniversary anniversary uh, of the uh, Humboldt Broncos tragedy uh, when we lost so many uh, young young lives uh, in that in that event three years ago. Um, and it's certainly a day that the hockey community around the world is is remembering. Um, but there's a little bit of a bright spot. Uh, the team and, and the community has announced this week a capital campaign, um, and you can find it at HumboldtTributeCampaign.com, um, and they are undergoing an initiative to build the Humboldt Broncos Tribute uh, Center, and it will be a community hockey rink that not only serves a bit as a, a, a tribute to the lives lost on that day, It'll have a bit of a museum quality to to it with jerseys and photos and memorabilia and, and contributions from families and so on and so forth. But it will also be a community rink um, and and will will serve as a place for for the hockey community to to come together and and help serve the community in, in those ways. So they are um, doing a really big capital campaign uh, right now to raise the funds to put the Tribute Center together. So I invite you to visit HumboldtTributeCampaign.com. Uh, and just if if for no other reason, if you're not able to, to make a donation, at least check out the project. Uh, you can watch the video that's there on the website. Um, there's an appearance in it by Connor McDavid, who's who's helping to endorse this initiative and so forth, uh, and some other uh, pretty familiar faces uh, as well. So um, really, really st- special project for them to take on, and I and I certainly hope it's successful. It's um, it's shocking that it was three years uh, that three years have passed. Um, and there were the 16 lives lost, but there's also, you know, 13 that were injured and some of them still, yeah. uh, dealing with those injuries. So, um, you know, this project is, is, uh, uh, a continuing way to help heal and, uh, for the community to move forward. And I, 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 in, as, as you said, um, if you can support it, please do. If, uh, otherwise, um, uh, just go take a look and and uh, see what they're doing in order to to memorialize uh, this and and uh, and also move forward. Absolutely. That is going to do it for us this week. Uh, be sure you check back with us same uh, same bat time, same bat channel next week. Uh, we'll be back with another great episode of the Press Zone. We'll have all sorts of great hockey content for you. Plenty of news coming in the next week. Hey, guess what? The trade deadline's next week. So I can't imagine that anything surprising is going to happen between now and then. Uh, be sure you uh, check back with us, and we'll be sure to bring you up to speed on all of it. And thanks so much for joining us again on the Press Zone. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.